Rich Casper, and welcome to WinnipegHockeyTalk.com podcast number 83. Today I'm going to be joined by my regular co-host, Daryl Manchalenko. Well, Daryl, we've reached the All-Star break, and the Jets have a fairly impressive uh, record of 17 games over Gary Bettman's 500, uh, 31-14-2. So, overall thoughts, like I said last week, it's hard to bitch and complain about a team that's got a record like that. Uh, they're far from perfect, but uh, what you are is what you are. Is it? Uh, this is uh, you know we're in pretty lofty territory here, and I'd like to see the boys keep it going. But uh, overall impressions uh, up to the All Star break. Well, I mean, you we can we can pick. Uh, you know, I know we've over the last few weeks we've been very uh, picky about the game, uh, about the Jets uh, game and their approach to to. Uh, to to the first half of the year but i guess at the end of the day um you see a lot of if you look at some of the games you know so nashville last night as an example the jets uh you know come out with not the best effort for the first two periods and almost uh almost got a point out of it if not two and and but then you go and see you know uh nashville predators they they lose four two to uh, Florida, Florida, yeah, right. So you see a lot of these ebb and flows in the schedule of uh, of of teams that you would think uh, shouldn't win, or you know, some of the top echelon teams uh, dominating, uh, you know, everywhere you go. But I guess that's that's the nature of the beast is that you're not going to win everyone, uh, and uh, you know, and and you do have to play the games and the. You know, so on any given night, I think teams can beat. Um, you know, a team can beat anyone, and so I don't. I'm I'm starting to t- change my mindset around uh, the Jets' uh, record. They have not played the same way. There's no two ways about it. They've and 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 they've they've managed to win games uh, differently than they did last year. However, we have seen the Jets at their best, and we saw that against Vegas yeah. and uh, against Nashville uh, this past week. And that's the game that I think they're working to, to, to play um, uh, you know, every night, uh, especially as they, they get towards the playoffs. So maybe it's, there's a little uh, maturity in, in their game or in their approach in that they know they got to build and build and build and get to a point of being... Uh, you know that caliber that's needed to win in, in the playoffs. So uh, I'm 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 going to take a very uh, it is what it is approach to their record. And at 31, 15, and two, they are number one in their division. Uh, they are the uh, second best team uh, in the Western Conference, and they've got some games in hand. So they've got two games in hand on Calgary, who are ahead of them. And uh, they've got two games in hand on Nashville, who are behind them by four points. So yeah, yeah you're right, Daryl. I think I think earlier I said they were 31, 14, and two, but I forgot to. I guess it was like a Freudian thing. I forgot to add night, last night's loss <laughs> for the record. Yeah, it's it's uh, you know, so I, I'm taking a very much very much a. Um, you know what? Let's just give credit where credit is due. They've they've come out and 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 done a nice job uh, over the course of the first forty eight, and and frankly, 
their their five day break and the All Star uh, break. I mean, it is very fortuitous for them to have that lineup the same, and and they're going to come back um, in great shape. I think, generally speaking, between uh, after the All Star break for for two games that I think are really. You know they're not going to be easy games against Philly and against uh, uh, the Boston Bruins. So I'm 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 happy with the first half. I know uh, you know, and I've decided not to nitpick a little bit because th- it is what it is. They've they are the second best team in the Western Conference and they're uh, in third spot uh, overall. So that's all good. Yep. Um- now, we tend to forget, and it's pointed out to us, a lot of the broadcasts they'll point it out at the start. They'll do their statistics and their little blurbs. And uh, depending on which lineup we dress from game to game, the Jets are either the youngest or second youngest team in the NHL. And that's hard to swallow sometimes. You don't, I don't think of them as a super young team. But when you look at the guys they brought in, yeah, they got uh, like Winiku and Rostovic and, and Appleton and all those guys are in the lineup. Yeah, we're young. I mean, and even our veteran guys are aren't old, that Connor's a veteran, Ehler's veteran, you know, Truba, Josh, those guys are all in their early 20s, so yeah, we're, we're young teams, with young teams come mistakes, you know, as good as our top guys are, yeah, they have their struggles, and the, they're not as consistent as they'll be when they get to their mid to late uh, 20s, so uh, it, the, I think the best years are still ahead, but uh, yeah, overall, I, I agree, we can't complain, uh, I know as Jet fans, we, we get frustrated, but I'm going to say, like last night, I think I even tweeted. I'm not gonna let. I was kind of really pissed off and irritated during the game. I was more. I was more, you know, irritated by not wasn't the effort. It was just uh, kind of like a little bit outworked. And Dallas was hungry and they were more physical with us. And we we didn't stand up to them. And like I know teams play a little bigger against us when Buff's not in the lineup, but that's not an excuse. But yeah, overall, like I had uh, I had thoughts for last week. I wanted two wins. I mean, obviously, I wanted three. But we won the two games that I really, really wanted, and I wasn't going to let last night's game spoil a great week because, you know, beating Vegas, Brossois uh, was awesome. Uh, we had a ton of penalties in that game, and we withstood it in the second period. And uh, it was nice to watch a Nashville game where the score went, you know, two one, three one, four one. You did, you know, you could let, you could actually breathe in the third period and just enjoy the win. You weren't sitting on the edge of your seats and you know, grasping at, you know, yeah. Out so that was nice. So. You know, overall, uh, you know, like I said, you're right. You, you are what your record is, and uh, those points are on the board. You can't take them away. I just wanted to get into the splits a little bit. Uh, you know, at home we're 18-6 and two. Played 26 games, and on the road we're 13 and nine uh, for 22 games. So we're going to be a little top heavy on road games in the second half, and that's where it kind of scares because uh, I've seen a, a bit of a habit by our some a lot of our top guys on the road. I'm not going to say they mail it in. But they try to play that fancy game and they don't want to work. And it doesn't work every night. Teams always play bigger and stronger at home. And our top guys sometimes lose their compete. And <laughs> I know the analytics guys and all the haters are going to hate this next subject. But Brendan Lemieux, um, you know, he wasn't a favorite of ours. We, we gave him a lot of crap. Uh, he's quietly played his game on the fourth line, kept his nose clean. But it seems like in a couple of the road games where a lot of our other forwards, our top-end forwards, are getting a little too fancy uh, and not going to the net, he's that old-school guy that takes the puck out of the corner, drives the net, causes trouble in front, 
him and Tanev get, you know, uh, the two guys that our fan base love to hate uh, don't mind getting their noses dirty. And I'm not going to say I've gone full circle on him, but I can see exactly what Paul Maurice is doing with Lemieux. He's he's playing him. He's getting He, he wants to get him ice time, and he's the type of guy that they're going to want in the playoffs when the game gets a little ugly. And uh, um, I have to say that, uh, you know, well, let's just say this. Uh, in this, in the time that Nick Ehlers has been out, uh, Jack Roslovic has moved up into top six role, and Roslovic, all, all I've heard from the announcers and that, and I watched him and I thought he's played pretty well for the most part, but he's one of those guys, he, he looks real pretty, he skates a million miles an hour, gets the puck on the perimeter, skates around and around and around, and good possession, but the bottom line is, is since Ehlers has been out, Jack Roslovic, I think it's nine or ten games now, has two assists. And in that same time period, the plug on the fourth line's got five goals and big goals in an Edmonton game that we needed to win on the road. And, uh, you know, big goal in Nashville. And he scored a big goal to get us back in the game last night. So um, I'm not going to hate on him that much anymore because I see what the plan for him is. Do I still think he's the best, best option there? Yeah, but you need depth. And uh, overall, I'm going to give him some props. He's... Uh, He's working his way back into the uh, good books of the fan base, I think. What do you think? Well, listen, at the end of the day, you need to score goals to win hockey games, and that's what it comes down to. And So if you want to draw a comparison, um, uh, you know, I I can't remember who it was. It might have been Scott Campbell who posted it up, uh, but um, Lemieux had five goals in 40 NHL games. Nick Patan had five goals in 108 games. So, you know, are they the same kind of player? Of course not. But at the end of the day, production is what it is. And and he fits a perfect role in terms of that, uh, you know, power game, if you will, or just a grittier game uh, when you need it. And so he did a phenomenal, has played very well of late, and done a phenomenal job of, of really driving that fourth line right now in terms of uh, some finish. And and we all know that in the in the playoffs, you need your bottom six to kick in. Otherwise, you know it's it's next to impossible to to win. And and we saw that in in the Vegas game and and the Nashville game, what the bottom half of the lineup was able to do in concert with what. You know the top guys were able to do. You know, with Little uh, being such a uh, an impact player with the game-winning goals, and and of course Wheeler and and Shifley, uh doing what they always do. And so, you, you know, you can't argue with the logic now. Uh, you know, as time would typically does, it it brightens the picture up a little bit. And so we're seeing seeing that with Lemieux, and he's. To his credit, he's playing very, very well, and 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 deserves to be there based on what he's been doing. So, you know, at the end of the day, um, proof's in the pudding, and uh, he's he's producing, and and that's really what matters. And you know, as, so yeah, maybe we have to eat a little crow because uh, I know in this space we've yes we we've have. been yep. we've uh, you know haven't. Uh, you know, take a wait and see approach to it, and and maybe we should have, and and the same thing with Niku. He's over the last uh, few games, 
you know, I've I've felt that he hasn't been ready, and uh, and now he's thrusted in a position due to injury, um, and and he's he's shown some of that confidence, and and of course time only uh, you know um, only you know time will tell, and whether he can do this uh, night in night out, but he certainly has shown uh, that ability to to move the puck and and. Uh, you know, wait a minute. A a, a defenseman other than Bufflin um, getting a breakaway opportunity, right? So it's uh, it's he's listen. he's yeah. been impressive. He's been impressive here over the last few games, and uh, but he's still young. He's still going to make some mistakes, and you just hope that uh, uh, he has the ability to uh, keep that consistency up because that's what's going to keep him here. Well, it's amazing what a little bit of playing time does, too. I mean, it's always like somebody gets injured, it's an opportunity for somebody else, and he's, uh, he's. I, I think he's looked fine. You know, what I see from him is what I expect from him and what I think he's going to be, and I like the slow progression. Uh, with the break coming up, the, the Jets have sent him back down to the Moose, so he'll get a ton of playing time in the next week or so, so he'll be uh, he'll keep his confidence up. But, you know, I, I think the Jets are pretty smart. Uh, they got a good team. They're winning games ugly. Uh, they're winning some games, you know, by playing some strong hockey. Like you said, the record, the record is what it is. But I, I just think the Jets are going through a process right now where they're auditioning a lot of players, seeing how they fit. And I'm going to segue myself into this next spot because I mentioned him again before. Is I think the Jets have are going to be. Um, they're not going to know what to, what to make, what to think of Jack Roslovic. You can see he's got skill. He can shoot. He can skate. I don't think there's any hope in hell this guy is ever a number two center. I just don't think he has the game. Um, I don't mind him on the wing. And in today's NHL, you don't have to be big. You just got to be able to be able to chip the puck out and go up and down your wing. Or the Jets are the Jets are pretty creative. They allow their forwards uh, the freedom to go all over the place. But for the most part, uh, he's not very strong down low in the defensive zone. Um, I think he's too small. If you think Little's small, Roslick's too small to be a number two center. Um, I just don't think he has the game for it. Uh, what do you think? Well, Roslick's got a. Yeah, I mean, let's. You know, it's, for the same reason, you know, we're kind of eating crow about uh, Lemieux and, and Niku a little bit. I guess you kind of have to kind of say, well, listen, he, you know, Roslick needs to be thrusted into a non bottom six role and play with good players to. To, yep, yep. you know, see what he can do, and he's been in that role now for half a dozen games or so, nine, and nine or ten. Yeah, you know, so ten games is plenty of opportunity for him to, to you know, dispel the I haven't played with good players argument, and and it really hasn't happened. The best he was outstanding, and I think it was against Vegas. Yes, it was, and like. Unbelievable, but the finish like every time he got himself in a scoring position, he coughed up the puck on him, you know, like he just gave it up. So he's got if he wants to to solidify his, you know, the argument of being a number, you know, uh, a number two or a centerman or a number two player, which isn't easy on this squad, no. you know, by the way. No, um, you you know, he's got to have to score some goals. It's plain and simple. I don't care about possession numbers. I don't care about that. At the end of the day, if you've got good possession numbers and don't score, 
Maybe you can't finish. Okay, maybe that's the issue, and that's just as much of a skill set as anything else. So, um, you know, that's what I want to see out of him in the second half, or what I, you know, we're calling the, uh, you know, the NHL second half in the last uh, thirty-four games. I guess it would be. Uh, they're at forty-eight now, right? Yeah. So, yep. the last thirty-four games, he has to show. Um, you know, as you say, there's a bit of an auditioning here. He has to show Cheveldayoff and Maurice that he's the guy that can do the job and drive another level of depth in terms of production, and that's scoring goals. Otherwise, the Jets are going to come the trade deadline. We'll have to seriously decide whether they need to go after a centerman and or uh another winger you know because there's been some of that you know some of that banter that's gone around as well so uh so he's got till the trade deadline to 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 figure it out and and i'm not saying he's going to get traded i'm not saying that at all oh, but no, he's Jets, not getting traded he's not getting traded. He, you know he has to show that he's going to be the solution to that issue right so um, because it's been generally generally viewed that the Jets need to add a left side D and you know a centerman or or an impact winger, um, and he's got a he's the key to, key to all of that uh, opportunity the you know for the Jets to to grow and so I'm I'm going to take a wait and see and maybe and then on the flip side on the left D side uh, side of things maybe Niku you know again he's going to have some opportunity here for the next uh, few weeks, you know, probably a week or so after uh, the all-star break until Bufflin gets back. And, and we don't know where Sherratt's in the mix, but uh, in terms of his health, but he's another guy that's got to show shovel day off that they have a solution when it comes to um, these two issues. Because I, I, I would I like to think Shovel Day Off doesn't want to make a trade unless he has to. Well, I'm on the other side of the fence, so let's start the next segment and call it, you know, what do the Jets need to do as a team, as individuals? And we'll call it the post-All-Star game break. 34 games left. What do you see happening after uh, the All-Star break? Well, I think they're going to have to, you know, they have to take their game to another level. There's no two ways about that. They've got to they've got to show a more consistent level of play um, in terms of that that skill and that grit and in winning battles and and you know, the game they played against Nashville and Vegas is the game they've got to get to on you know, nine out of ten nights, and we're not there yet. We seem to take, uh, you know, and appreciate. There's a lot of mid-range teams that are very good and are coming after us. So from that perspective, it's uh, you know, it's it's as much about the what the other teams are doing. But on on a night like Vegas and Nashville, where they come out ready to go and are skating to their to to their capabilities. They've shown that they they have the ability to you know dominate and and be that that team that makes it incredibly hard even for the top level teams to make it happen. Now the Vegas game, you know, the result was excellent. 
they still had, in my mind, the best game of those two was the Nashville one. Oh, absolutely, so, absolutely. The, uh, the Vegas game, there was a bit of a mirage in that game, and the shots on goal looked really skewed because there was all those penalties in the second yep. period, and that's part of the game. I mean, you got to stay out of the box, but uh, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. So, um, this is just my opinion, and I think it's a you know opinion of a lot or. People always hope for trades too, but I, I really don't think that uh, this team that you see right now, even with Ehlers and Buff healthy, um, I don't think this is the team that we see on opening night of the playoffs. I think there's going to be at least two two deals. Well, I'm I am not uh, I am not sold that this lineup is the lineup either. Like I'm I'm not, uh, but. Uh, this is the opportunity for that issue to be uh, resolved one way or the other. And that's, you know, guys like Lemieux have to continue to do what they've been doing. Um, Niku, if he's given the opportunity, um, he could be that number two guy. But but come playoff time, I think, you know, um, I still think you need that veteran presence. I'd love to see on the defensive side of it a pickup for sure. Like, I... I it's been brought to, you know, I was made aware of, I was, Scott Campbell had, had made some comments on uh, Twitter about Jake Muzzin, and and I think I, I am sold on Jake Muzzin coming, uh, you know, in our lineup. I think that would be an outstanding pickup. So from that perspective, that's what I'd like to see is a player like that come in in that second line uh, or, you know, uh, left side D, that would be outstanding. You know what's funny about that rumor? It's been it's been floating it's been floating around here for for about a month or so, and uh, I don't get why LA would make a guy like Jake Muzzin available. With he still has term, he's still got another year left. Like so, yeah. The Jets could pick him up right now, you know, play him with Buff. I mean, this is a guy to play for Team Canada. He's no schmuck. He's not a household name because he plays on the West Coast. He's not a great offensive player, but he can move the puck. He does a lot of things well. He's got size. He's strong in front. He's he's everything you want in a left on a, in a lefty. He's like a bench rot, but better. You know, he's like bench rot plus 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 plus. You know, but his his stats are like I think he's got six goals and twenty two helpers or something like that. And a team that's not scoring for him, which is pretty decent, isn't it? Well, absolutely. So, what what part of that wouldn't look good on on our left side? Uh, after Morrissey. Yeah, but what part of that would LA want to give up? That's what I don't get about, well, that, about that rumor. You know, it's well, that's to, to me. It makes that's no the sense. hard part. Yeah, it makes no sense. But it, uh, that's the hard part. But that's the kind of player that I would like to see, uh, you know, get picked up if other guys can. You know, and, and I guess I shouldn't to think that uh, Niku can come into the playoffs. And be the kind of player that he showed over the last uh, two or three games, I think is naive. I, I oh, you know, no. the playoffs, yeah. the playoffs are different. So I, you know, I guess you have to look at it that way too, right? Is is that it's not that simple that what he can do in in a in a few good games uh, during this regular season can be duplicated come playoff time experience and. And just the level of play is something he's never experienced before. So, to think he can do it would be, you know, would be, uh, yeah, it would be naive uh, to think that. I think. But, I think the Jets are going to ease him, and I think they know what they have there. That's pretty good for a seventh round pick. So they're not going to rush him in there. He's going to get his games in just like we thought. 
Uh, I know a lot of fans thought that once you know the second half came, he was going to be a regular staple in the lineup, but and maybe he would be. But you know, with the elevated play of Kulikov and Myers, they're playing much better. They're not playing like all stars, but they're playing much better. It's hard for Niku to get ice time, and that's fine. I mean, everything doesn't have to happen overnight. But uh, here's a question I'm going to ask you. Uh, the hot topic seems to be everybody's talking about uh, Duchesne out of Ottawa, and he would be a nice number two center. Uh, I'm not interested in him unless it's a sign and trade. I don't want to give a bunch of prospects for a rental like that. But a guy that I would uh, like to see as a rental is like, would you go after a guy like uh, like Wayne Simmons for two reasons? He would look nice playing beside Little, <laughs> you know, a little bit of size on that wing. Uh, He's tough in front of the Nets. He's had, you know, playoff success, and he's uh, a veteran guy. Do you sign him? <laughs> Do you also think about signing him just so your competition doesn't get him too? Because there's going to be an arms race, and it's like once the first uh, once the first bullets get shot, uh, everybody's going to be in line. But so why not be proactive? And then of all the, the the rumored guys out there, I think he would be maybe one of the cheaper guys to get. You don't have to give up a boatload for him. And I think he would be a guy that would have an impact on this team, especially going up against, well, even like last year, Minnesota was, you know, they were they were tough to play against and, and going up against the Nashville. I like, I like Wayne Simmons. Well, I think he, I think he could be a nice pickup for us, for sure. Uh, I, I think he's going to have uh, some of that, you know, some of that grit, but the, you know, the ability to be a, uh, a contributor offensively, so I think I, I think that he would be a great pay, playoff pickup for us. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I tweeted into the guys on the radio, uh, Westwood and Toast, and those guys in the morning last week, and I said they were talking about wish lists and guys you want in trades, and I said, you know, this isn't a very popular popular thought nowadays, but uh, I'd like to see a little more size and grit going into the playoffs, so. You know, I'd love to see a Wayne Simmons here. And, uh, so Troy tweets back at me, hashtag old school, and we chuckled about that. But, uh, you know, it's funny. You've never heard uh, teams going into the playoffs saying, man, we want to get a little smaller going into the playoffs this year. <laughs> and and I'm sitting there, and I'm watching the Leafs game the other night. And, uh, no, actually, it wasn't the Leafs game. It was, the it was I, I heard it on the Leafs game also, but uh, ex-goaltender uh, Chris Mason, was he's the... Uh, He's the color guy for the Predators uh, uh, TV broadcast, right? Yeah. And this is what came out of his mouth. Yeah, the Preds are really interested in Wayne Simmons for a little bit of size and grit going into the playoffs. So I tweeted to Troy Westwood, did you see what uh, Mason said? And I went, hashtag old school. Now, you know, the thing is, it's like Wayne Simmons isn't a plug, and he's not a guy you're getting because uh, he's just big and all he does is grind. I mean, he's a good hockey player. I liked him from the time he was on L.A., like, he's a guy that can put the puck in the net. He's he's a beast in front of the net, you know. And uh, I, I just like him. I, it's, uh, I don't, you know, it's Well, it's, it's kind of, you have to play a little bit like that in the playoffs because that's the difference. You want to wear teams down in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, a guy like that can definitely contribute. Definitely can can. Can change uh, the you know the look of a game, and if, if some teams want to play, uh, you know, uh, play rough like the you know the the garbage that was going on with Nashville with uh, Shifley, you know, yep. Johansson got two games and deservedly so. That was a that was a an absolute 
chop, if there ever was one, that's got to be taken out of the game. But more, but Shifley also took one on the side of the net when Wheeler Wheeler got called for a penalty. Yeah. And meanwhile, Shifley took another one, uh, another swipe uh, across the uh, the chops himself, and he comes up with blood, and there's no call. We'll save that topic, uh, you know, for later in the in the pod. But that said. Buff's not in the lineup, and there were a lot of liberties taken. And uh, and you've got a a guy like Simmons can take care of that, right? Yeah. He would be able to say, "Not today, fellas," right? And away you go. No, it, so I'm, that, I'm cool with a player like that coming yeah. into the lineup that can do all of those things. Yeah, he's a hockey player. He's not a you know, he's just a hockey player, that, a good hockey player that plays stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna you know on that play with Shife on that one. It was a slash, but it wasn't meant to be a slash where he got hit because he fell. So I'm going to cut the – I think it was – I'm not sure who it was. I'll cut him a little bit of slack on that play. I think it was Philip Forsberg. But it should have been a penalty. And we're get, like I say, we'll, later on we'll talk about officiating because I think that's going to be WinnipegHockeyTalk.com's uh, closing uh, thought every podcast because we can speak – we can talk about officiating constantly because it's just so awful. But anyway, um, yeah, it, I, it I agree with you on the Simmons thing. I mean, I'm – that that's that's my guy in the wish list, and it's going to be pie in the sky. He's going to be gone somewhere, and we might end up getting some fourth line plug grinders. I don't want a stiff to play fourth line. If we're going to make a trade, let's make a trade that's impactful, like actually helpful. I don't want any fourth line depth. You know, I don't. We don't. I don't want that. I want. Uh, no. I want a guy that can actually play meaningful minutes and be of some use in the playoffs. So uh, that's well, that's, it, that's what I'm thinking. You know. I, I just don't think – I think the price is going to be way too high to chase after a guy like uh, Matt Duchesne. Yeah, for sure. Like, I, and Ottawa, Ottawa, that trade is happening. I, you know, I'm, I'm putting, you know, my two bits into, into this conversation. Matt Duchesne will be traded at this trade deadline. And, and that's just because I've got zero confidence in the strategy and – and ability uh, for Dorian to actually make a deal that makes sense with with a player to keep him there, and I'm not convinced Duchesne. Like, if he left Colorado thinking Colorado wasn't ready to take the next step and wanted out, and now he's going to come to Ottawa and say, "Nah, it's okay. I'll I'll, I'll live through another uh, another yeah. rebuild." Yeah, that that's not happening. Like that makes, you know, he's saying all the right things. But I don't believe for a minute they're ever going to be able to make a deal because that's not what he signed up for in wanting to get traded to uh, Ottawa in the first place. So the price is – Dorian's going to have to save face, keep his job, and he's going to ask a king's ransom for for Duchesne. And somebody might pay it, but it's certainly not going to be the Jets. Well, the thing is – if it's for a rental, he'll get a little bit of value and then just try to cut his losses on the original deal. Um, if he could somehow, like, I would be interested in Duchesne if the Jets were going to make a hockey trade and say, can we do like a trade and sign or a sign and trade, negotiate with him and, and come to a contract agreement? But uh, well, what's, he, what's Duchesne's going to, what's his contract worth? Uh, or what's, what, what? His ask? His ask is going to be $10 million. Yeah, so then he's out of our league then. Well, he. I'm saying that's a starting act. He's not getting ten, but he's going to be well into the eights and and low nines when whatever deal he signs gets signed. 
Can we can we afford another guy like that in our lineup? Well, we have to ship, we have to probably send ship some salary out. Uh, right. Does Ottawa maybe have a slight chance? Because is correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Matt Duchesne from that area? He is. Well, that yeah. might that might that give might give them an iota of hope. You know, that he might want to actually be there. Well, he might sure, but it, to me, it just it just smacks as just some really odd thinking then on Duchesne's part wants out of Colorado going to stay for what I think is even worse scenario in Ottawa than what he left Colorado oh. in. Yeah. You know, so if that's the case, then you got to question, question the guy, right? Like you have to say, all right, is this guy actually going to be a fit on our team? And I would probably say no. So not from a skill perspective, but certainly from a a personality or character or whatever. Like to me, that just it just strikes me as odd, odd thinking. Yeah. Okay. Question: We're what uh, twenty one days into the new year, and not a peep out of the ivory towers about uh, Jacob Truba. Pretty quiet. You think anything's going on? Um, I think there probably is some conversation. You know, I I think Chevy's, uh, you know, I think he's a pretty sharp dude. He will he will have reached out to the camp to find out where they stand. Um, I don't think that there will be a trade, or sorry, I don't think there'll be a contract announced or any kind of rumor or conjecture about it until it gets announced that there is a deal. I don't believe that there will be, though. I believe that the whole game plan at this juncture is for Truba to go to to UFA status, and uh, that will be where this goes. So there will be no long-term contract until, you know, and I'm not saying the Jets won't sign him when he's a UFA, uh, but I just don't believe there's going to be a long-term contract signed um, with Jacob Truba until he reaches his UFA status. We'll see. Okay. Um, Next, uh, the schedule coming up. Um, Four games and six nights after the All-Star break, which leads into eight games in 13 nights. So they better have a good rest during the All-Star break because they're going to be a bunch of busy guys. Hopefully we'll be completely healthy by then, and then we can roll roll those bottom-end guys in on the lineup and keep everybody fresh. So uh, we're going to wrap it up soon here. So we're going to go into our weekly segment called Rate the Officiating. So, <laughs> so overall, on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being excellent and 1 being crap, um, what was your impression of... Well, let's just stick with the Jet games this week. I mean, I watch all the other games too. And I, can, I can throw those in. But let's say overall, from 0 to 10, let's go forget one. From 0 to 10, how would you rate the officiating... You know, you know, Jets calls and the calls they received overall in the three games last week. Well, if I base it purely on a consistency basis, what's a penalty, what's not a penalty, I'm going to rate it a two. You know, like it's, <laughs> it's, you don't know what a penalty is, and and from one guy to the, some of the ir- the irony of some of these plays can continues to amaze me. You got. You got one referee who's on top of the play, doesn't make the call, but the guy, the back ref and out at center ice does. Seen that a couple of times. And in fact, the two-hander on uh, Shifley, I think, was from the back ref. So, and then 
you know, so it, it's 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 incredible, and and you see uh, McDavid getting, uh, you know, the video was surfacing around last week, I believe, or at the end of the week prior, uh, of him getting uh, cross-checked into the boards, and the ref is lit- the video has the ref eight feet away and doesn't doesn't call it, like so. To me, I just don't understand the logic. There, there's got to be a disconnect with how the NHL wants the rules called and and what is a what is, first what is a rule, the rule and how it gets applied to what the referees are actually doing on the ice it it strikes me as is incredible and and frankly um, it, it, it's it's a problem you know it, it really is a problem you can't tell me that you know, one night the Jets can't get a call, and then all of a sudden we got six or seven power plays, and some of them were cheesy. You know, so this isn't just on the you know yeah, yeah. against the Jets. Some of them are soft, uh, uh, you know, for the Jets. So I don't get it. I I I will. You know, I've watched enough hockey outside of the Jets games to see that it's a problem across the league in terms of. You know, I, I I won't prescribe to the it's the jet problem because it's a problem everywhere else. What's well, league wide for sure? So, you know, I I think it's a I you know the the refereeing in my opinion could never garner more than a five on that scale because there's the consistency just absolutely destroys any argument that the refereeing is good. Well, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna okay. You're, you're, are you done? Oh yeah. Okay. I'm gonna because I know what's coming next. No, I'm I'm gonna just be fairly uh, cool. I'm just gonna say, scale <laughs> scale of zero to ten, they were a two, they were a two, a solid two, and you know that there's a problem in the league when after reviews on things that happen on the ice, whether it be no call at all or a two minute minor, and guys have received suspensions. That's when you know. That somebody is missing the boat, and uh, and here's the funny thing, is if you talk to any NHL player, when they go into these international tournaments, they all say and I'll even agree, the NHL officials are the best officials in the world, and they still suck. So yeah. <laughs> it's you know it's a hard game to referee. Um, you know what I find funny about like you mentioned the guy, it's, it always pisses me off. It just frustrates the shit right out of me when the guy at center race is so far away, but he calls the penalty in the corner and he actually didn't see it right. But yet, the guy that's the closest official is never looking at the infraction that's two feet away from him. He's gazing in front of the net where the puck is following the puck. Like it's it's you got four sets of eyes on the ice, and I and this is my biggest pet peeve in officiating. Linesmen can call double minors and majors you're trying to tell me that so that's four guys on the ice and then they don't see a slash to the head you try those four guys should be suspended for crying out loud that just pisses me off because you know what nobody those linesmen are sitting there they don't want to overstep their boundaries with the referees and that if you see it you see it call it well, that's I, I've I've always wondered why there shouldn't be. Yeah, you need somebody to drop the puck, so you know <laughs> that's what the linemen are for, and all yeah. the rest of it. But why not allow all four of those guys on the ice to call a penalty then? Well, yeah, it might come down to that because uh... I don't know. Like, I call it, but that doesn't solve the consistency problem because if if all four of those guys don't have the same view as to what a penalty is on the same play 
Well, then you're you you could have ten guys watching it, and you'll still have inconsistencies, right? So, yeah. um, so you know maybe that's a reason to not complain a whole bunch is that we'll never be satisfied, and and that may be true, but it's a problem. Well, it, it, it it's absolutely a problem, and you're absolutely spot on when plays now are going to the Department of Player Safety for review, and they're coming up with fines and suspensions when there was nothing called on the ice. That, to me, is the... I I completely agree with you. That's the indicator that there's something very wrong. Yep. Well, therein lies the rub. So... Another uh, another solid podcaster. <laughs> well, yeah. before we go, before we get going, I okay. have to I have to say, you know, I have to send my apologies out to Scott and and his mother who were here in town last week, um, and uh, I I wanted to get out and meet them. I didn't get the didn't get out there, and uh, uh, so my apologies to Scott and his mother for not getting out there. She's she's a fan. She listens all the time. I know. And uh, so, my apologies, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing them uh, both here uh, sometime soon and reconnecting at that time. Yeah, it, it broke my heart that he was in town and I couldn't go see him when I'm here. Um, I just my my hips and everything is so bad. Until I get this surgery done on this joint. Um, I'm going to be really immobile, and yeah, it kind of broke my heart because I know it's he doesn't get into town an awful lot. It's probably you know it's his second visit in the last couple of years, and the first time he was here, I was down south. But uh, I would really like to get together with him, and uh, like I say, uh, best wishes to his mom. I love her. She she listens to our podcast. I don't know if she still does as much as she used to, but uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I wish I could have uh, spent some time with them too, but. Uh, time to go Daryl once again thank you for your participation in this uh, podcast and look ladies and gentlemen <laughs> listeners look forward to the new how's the officiating pot poll every <laughs> every week a regular feature maybe we should get a sponsor for it but uh, uh, as you know uh, peeps you can uh, uh, catch our podcast on the website at winnipeghockeytalk.com uh, under the podcast on Anchor FM Spotify uh, iTunes you can subscribe to us there uh, send us, uh, drop me or Daryl a note on Twitter or email, and uh, if you have any questions, we'd love to love to hear from you and answer them. And uh, on that note, Daryl, uh, looking forward to the second half. It's going to be. I think what we're going to do. Um, I'll leave this up to you. Um, the Jets aren't playing for a week, so next Sunday there's nothing to talk about. I don't know if I want to talk about anything in the league. If something happens, like a trade or a signing, let's do the podcast. But if not, uh, let's take a week off and get back once, once they start playing again. So, uh, Absolutely. We're taking a break just like the Jets are. Yeah. We'll, we'll, or we'll do one and we'll mail it in. <laughs> we'll ma- <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Thanks a lot for joining me. Uh, we'll talk to you next week for a couple weeks.